0: Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast here to talk about the Ravens game. Another week, another loss. But before we get into it,
1: Kyle, how are you doing? I think it helps in a sense that I went into the game expecting to lose. And uh, even when we were up big... I was saying we're going to find a way to lose this game, and so that helps to lessen the sting. I think, um, yeah, expectations are a tricky thing. So uh, us losing that, which is really what all of us should have seen coming, it makes me less miserable. So that that's basically how I am. How are you? That's I, I'm doing okay. I'm I'm
0: doing well. I uh, I I still for some reason have optimism going into most Sundays with this team and <laughs> it's it, I like as a I've been following the team for less than a year really now at this point mm-hmm. and my my optimism is is waning um, I, there's, there's a lot of things to take away That's from right. from yesterday I think and there's a lot of different topics we could cover but but I think the main thing I think that this You've, you've put this in the notes here, uh, talking about the coaching staff. I, I, it seems to be at the forefront of a lot of fans' minds. And yeah. while I think that coaching can sometimes be overanalyzed by fans, I think that especially after yesterday and taking the whole season into context, mm-hmm. it's certainly a justified topic. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's certainly been speculation about what might happen to the staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the question for you is what, in your mind, do you see Needs to be done to try and save this, this season that we're in.
1: Right. So I think in it, I won't say everyone's mind, but in most Vikings fans' minds and most writers, I think they would say that the solution involves firing Zimmer. Fire Mike Zimmer. Adam Zimmer, his son, who's a linebacker coach and co-defensive code coordinator, probably has to go with him. And then Clint Kubiak, the offensive coordinator, who, of course, is the son of Gary Kubiak, our old OC and someone who's good friends was in. I think a lot of fans and writers said, okay, get rid of all three. Let's hit a reset. Let's see if we can scrape and claw our way into that seven seed and see what happens. Cause it is at the end of the day, it is a talented roster. And in fairness, I'm not using this as an, it's not at all an excuse, but in fairness, there was no Patrick Peterson. There was no Harrison Smith. There was no Michael Pierce. There was no Dino Hunter, no Irv Smith jr. No Garrett Bradbury. You know, there's there's a lot of talent missing from that game yesterday for the Vikings. And I get it. That makes it difficult. We're on the road. I get it. It's difficult. The Ravens are a good team, so on and so forth. But now we've basically got a pattern. Even if we want to ignore last season's disappointment or other disappointments, even in just this season, we've now had four straight games where we lose the lead late, right? And we had a multiple score lead multiple times against the Ravens. And so it was just... Such a disastrous performance, and follows on several performances where really you just do so poorly late in the game. We were able to come back against the Lions, okay. Finds the Lions. We we're able to come get back against the Panthers. Yeah, okay. It's the Panthers. are not very good either. Couldn't come back against Dallas or Baltimore, which is unfortunate. Uh, but here, I'm, I'm going to propose an alternative solution to firing the head coach and then some of the key assistants. Instead, what I'm going to say is Mike Zimmer needs to give up play calling responsibility on defense. That's my, that's my outside the box solution to try and save this season. My rationale being the defense kind of stinks right now. Like it's, it's, and I get it. A lot of guys are gone. It sucks not having Pearson Hunter. It sucks not having Patrick Peterson. I get it. Right. And even Bashad Breeland went down for a good stretch that game yesterday and Chris Boyd struggled. Right. So I, I understand, but my rationale being give it to Andre Patterson, a different voice, perhaps a little bit of a different, it's not going to be a different scheme, but maybe a different uh, play calls or deployment of personnel within that scheme. And then Mike Zimmer can focus on managing the game, helping your young offensive coordinator. Right. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's tough juggling these things, right? Like it's, it's tough. You know, if you're, and I know Zim's not necessarily the one talking to his guys on the bench while the offense is on the field. That's, you know, you see the, the defensive assistants are doing that, but like uh, it's difficult to have both those responsibilities, to be the defensive coordinator, to call those plays, to be thinking that way. And then, you know, also trying to manage the game, right? Every other aspect in the game. So this is my this is my kind of half-measure solution. Zim gives up play calling duties. And then from there, he focused on helping his young offensive coordinator and, uh, and obviously having significant input into what goes on in the defense. But that would be my kind of not very much discussed solution. I don't know. Do you think that makes any sense at all? Yeah. Like, I think that
0: we certainly, and want to preface this by understanding like Zimmer is a human being who has done a lot of good things for this team. He's exactly. coming. You he said like we were even talking before we started recording about some of the things that he did, especially early in his tenure here, uh, and yeah. getting some of these teams to places where maybe they probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, it does feel right now like there's a weight on his shoulder or whatever it may be. I'm not going to speculate what is going on with with him, but I do think that mm-hmm. it does feel like something needs to change. I, I I feel uninspired by a half measure at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. Like yeah. I, I think that there's probably not that I'm advocating for sweeping change, but it does feel a little bit like it's not really a spot where you put a bandaid on it. I, I like, I, I don't disagree with you in the sense that it does feel like, like, I think people always talk about firing someone, but then they don't really realize the other aspect of that, that you need to bring someone in new um, right. exactly. or, or elevate someone exactly. and which shuffles everything. So by restructuring responsibilities within uh, the the coaching staff. I think that there is certainly a, a position there. It just does feel like this team needs some kind of wake up call. Like they they've yes. every single loss they've had is by one score. Um, I think that it's yeah. probably fair to say that they like it's always easy as a fan to look back and think like that like this, but like they could have won every single game. Like they had an opportunity to win um, or at least. Push games in overtime that that would allow for them to to win a game. So I I don't no something drastic needs to happen if, if this team's going to make the playoffs. And I think that's probably maybe the next step to to go down here. Um, but I think after watching yesterday, that was the first time that, despite all the noise, that I felt okay. Like maybe for for everyone's best interest, it's
1: time for 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 Zimmer to to go. Yeah, yeah, it's like I understand it's not completely satisfying in some ways to say, all we're just going to do this minor tweak rather than make a substantial change," because we can see that a substantial change needs to be made, like something significant needs to happen. Because the way the season has gone is is pretty unacceptable, given the talent that the team has, and given mm-hmm. the expectations that are coming in and the money that is being spent. Um, but like Sam was saying. Yeah. Okay. Let just just fires him. Just fire Klinkubiak. But then, if you fire Klinkubiak, then it's like what? So then it's like Kirk Cousins is seventh or eighth OC within like seven years. Like the amount of offensive coordinators he's had, it's it's insanity, right? Like and and then, so then you elevate Andre Patterson perhaps to uh, interim head coach, uh, and then you know who takes over as uh, who takes over as the defensive coordinator? Maybe he can handle both those responsibilities. Uh, but then even who, who becomes the offensive coordinator? Is it Andrew Janelko, maybe Keen McArdle, the wide receivers coach, but this is his first year at the team. Um, it could have been Dennison, I suppose, but Dennison refused to get vaccinated. So he's not even allowed in the building. Right. So, and he's a veteran guy, but he's been, he's not allowed to be like around the team in person. Right. So this is my, I do think in, it's, is it as significant as firing a coach, your head coach? No. Not even close, but it is a significant change because Zim has always called the plays. And if I'm not mistaken, I know for certain he's talked about giving up play calling in the past, but if I'm not mistaken, the Wilfs, who are the owners, Mark and Ziggy Wilf, the owners of the team, have chimed in and basically voiced their opinion that they believe Zimmer is either among or perhaps the best defensive play caller in the league and they want him to hold that responsibility. And so this would be quite drastic in, in, in some ways. Uh, and, and, and that internal shakeup, maybe it sparked something. Maybe, maybe Andre Patterson's call and plays and it, it changes something. Maybe Zim can give more feedback and input on, on the offensive play calls you know, and, 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 and overall strategy, and maybe that helps our young offensive coordinator. I'm not sure. But th- this is at least a possibility that I think if they're not going to fire anybody, these conversations need to be happening. Like what, what can we do internally to shake things up?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is a spot, there's a weird thing with sports where sometimes there could be a situation where while there may be like, there may not be no better play caller than Zim in the organization by allowing Zim to transition, there's still a possibility that things could improve just by the yes. very nature of shaking things up. Exactly. Which is a weird dynamic. Like it's like to think about hiring someone new. But just I think that it's easy to forget how sports like like you, you could have like Kirk Cousins could be up all night the the day before throwing up because he had bad chicken the night before, yeah. right? Like and like you just don't you have no idea what's going into a game, like and like the people that are there and and all the different factors that are outside of what we are are privy to in terms of our information. So um, yeah, I, I I definitely can see that being a valid reason. I think we're going back to to that. Um, so, with that, I guess maybe let's talk about the run defense here in second down. Um, I think we we all expected this defense to be better this season. Um, the run defense, I think, is hard. Like that, the Ravens are a very good running team, um, yeah, led led by Lamar Jackson. Um, but I think. If I, if I remember correctly, I think you want to talk a little bit about what you saw at the end of the game with this this run defense.
1: Right. So, okay, so f- first thing, so before the end of the game, actually, there was a fourth and half a yard or so. And you had on the on the inside of the line, you had James Lynch, Sheldon Richardson, and then I think you had Kenny Willicks as the defensive end, and the Ravens ended up picking up that first down. And I was thinking to myself, I understand there's a rotation, but how much different would that feel if you had Michael Pierce, Daniil Hunter, and Dalvin Tomlinson? And Tomlinson was in that game, but he was just off for for rest. But, you know, in those short yardage things, man, throwing Pierce and Tomlinson out there and having Daniel Hunter out there, man, oh, man, what a difference. that, You know, I, in some ways, would have made, right? Like, that, just, those are just some powerful dudes, right? So, yeah, it's disappointing to not, be a full strength but everyone's not a full strength so you can't complain i guess uh at the end of the game and this is where i was i was watching it with my brother and my wife my young son he's three months old so i don't think you can understand what i was saying but i was i was saying that you know i i felt like they broke our spirit like they just kept running the ball and with really good success and i was saying that if i'm if i'm baltimore's offensive coordinator I'm not really super interested in throwing the ball at this point. I'm interested in RPOs. I'm, I'm, you know, and, and I'm interested in, but basically keeping the ball, right? Like I'm interested in, in basically just grinding it down the field because really Minnesota had no answer at all. I mean, it's, it's insane to say, but they had, they had 500 total yards of offense, which is a massive amount. They finished the day with 247 yards of rushing. They ran 89 plays. We only we ran 52, right? They ran 89 plays. They possessed the ball for more than 46 minutes. And I understand they went into overtime, so there's that extra 10 minutes. But 46 minutes is a ton. And they possessed the ball almost that entire that entire uh overtime period. And they possessed the ball the vast majority of the time time in the second half. And so you just and I get it's not all on the defense insofar as the offense was failing to extend drives and stay on the field and do their own part. And so I, I get that that plays into it, but I mean, when you were watching it, Sam, did you feel like, did you feel like Baltimore had basically broken our spirit at that point? Like they, they just kept running and we couldn't seem to stop them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. It, it felt like the, the field was sloped.
0: Um, and I think the problem was, is that like you mentioned, like the, I really noticed it when the, Minnesota had that, that three and out when it was 24, 24. Um, like the, they Baltimore. So I'm just looking here. Baltimore had just done an 18 play drive um, taking 10 minutes and, and 10 minutes, 10 yeah. minutes and, and 17 seconds. And then Minnesota got the ball back, possessed it for a minute 23 and, and returned the ball. Like, <laughs> no, exactly. You can't, you can't function as a, as a defense, especially when you got guys like yep. you said, like you're elevating guys who aren't normally playing every down, playing yep. mostly every down, um, in key positions, and so it just it did feel. I like I don't think I, I'm as I'm as hard on the defense as I as maybe you were. I like I think that with Lamar Jackson, I actually I felt despite the amount of points, I actually felt like they did quite a good job of containing that offense, um, but they just they like I think your point stands that they just kind of kept pounding the ball, kept getting it in different ways. Um, bell um, other options. There just, it, it was, um, you know what I, I the, the one thing I'll say is credit to the Vikings for actually being able to tie this game and send it into overtime um, because that was, that was something considering how, where they're at. Like I just, it felt like yeah. that game was done. And even just watching the offense walk in the field, I was like, uh, I think they're. I don't think this is. This feels like a, a, a game tying drive, but but they did it. Um, Do you think it's kind of crazy? They're like,
1: the Vikings always score on their opening drive. Yeah. And then at the at the end of the game, Kirk has been clutch, and they've been able to score more often than not. <laughs> so yep. it's everything in between. where you're saying? What are these guys doing? Well, so
0: everything in between, but also, I like I I had this distinct thought yesterday, and I think that they brought it up on the broadcast. I don't know if you remember, but I think they said something like Minnesota went down and, and scored, and I think they said something about Minnesota leads the league in first possession points or something like that. Or maybe I'm yeah. That wrong. wouldn't
1: that wouldn't surprise me at all. Like we um, almost always score. Like I think it was like thirty four points leading
0: into yesterday or something. I, I, anyways, I just it wouldn't. Again, it wouldn't surprise me too if, if it was something like that. Um, but again, the second it—I don't think it's necessarily about the middle as much as it's just closing things out. Like they, you get the like the amount of they probably it feels like they must lead the league in points given up in the last two minutes before the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, like they just yeah. continue to to get burned there, and and I understand that the teams are going um, going for I. The one thing I was going to say, and I we obviously don't have time to talk about it, but I was amazed, and it was so inspiring to watch this that Ravens team go for it so many times on fourth down.
1: I know, like, I
0: know. That was, in, like, I was just like, man, it just, it was terrifying. Like, you, you especially when you get to a, like, you feel like, okay, I held, you held them fourth and two, like, we're good. And it's like, nope, they're going for it. Like, fourth and four, fourth and nine. They're like, they went for it. Um, and that, I think that was, that, just adds to how difficult it was for that defense yesterday.
1: And that's the kind of thing that will totally take the wind out of your sails. Because generally speaking you you just stop them on third down and you get to trot off the field and that and now you now now it's time for the offense to get going. And that was not the case yesterday. The only thing I'll say, the only slight thing I'll say in in defense of that is that on that opening drive on that fourth and 2 DJ him did not horse collar Lamar Jackson, right? right? Yes. So on that first drive and that first fourth down where they went for it, that was actually a sensational play. Empire, sophomore defensive end. And it wasn't a penalty. He, he did exactly what he was supposed to do and it ended up being a, you know, 15 year, right. And then allowed them to extend the drive and kick that field goal. Um, So that was one time actually on fourth down where the Vikings actually did yeah. well.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I, I will say though, I don't think that you can come away from that game yesterday feeling like you got slighted by the refs. Like obviously that was a no, no that no, was a changing no. play. But like, like no. I was actually, it was amazing. Like Baltimore did a lot of things to almost give the Vikings a chance there near the end of the game with the penalties they were taking. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. But yeah, no, it's certainly. I think that there was certainly some resilience that was shown yesterday, which I was impressed by. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I do understand there's certainly you like it's a whole team effort there with the lack of um, ability to stop, stop the run at the end of the game. There's, they were just tired. Um, So we can, we'll we'll throw that one away, um, but certainly not forget it. Um, Yeah. Let's look ahead now because I think that's what we really have to to do uh, with the season. It is as, as crushing as the losses have been, it's certainly um, the season's not over. It's, becoming less and less hopeful um, that the playoffs are there. So I think the, we look immediately ahead here to the chargers Um, chargers in a week, late afternoon start. Um, What do you see are the chances of this team climbing to four
1: and five? At this this point, I'd say relatively small chances. Um, You know, I'm looking through at the roster and, You know, one thing that's kind of funny, I think one of their starting tackles is Storm Norton, who used to be on the practice squad for the Vikings. And I don't think he's a great uh, tackle. But on the opposite side of him is Rashawn Slater, who, from what I can gather, has been sensational. He's he's a rookie and he went just before the Vikings were on the clock. And uh, I think he's just been, you know, basically lights out. But obviously, everyone's going to focus on Herbert, the young quarterback, and then Mike Williams. Keenan Allen Austin Eckler like we we have Jefferson Thielen and Cook and that's quite a you know quite a good good trio Eckler Allen and Williams are are a really good trio and they're going to be really really difficult to contain so that's going to be tough and then on defense obviously you're worried about about Bosa I mean he's going to be an absolute handful and then they have you know our old friend Linval Joseph is uh, one of their defensive tackles, and so it's going to be interesting. And then obviously they got talent in the secondary. You know it's it's um, oh, his name, German James is is uh, their safety who's obviously a playmaker, and so they're a talented squad, right? And and at this point, I really can't expect the Vikings to win. But I mean, do you see us having any hope in that game?
0: Yeah, I think that lo- when we were looking at this, we've been we keep talking about this fourth game stretch after the bye. I think that the Chargers was the game that feels like potentially the most winnable. I know like Dallas was maybe there, but it just, it, just, it speaks to how good these teams are because I think the Chargers are, are a very good football team. Um, so I certainly feel like there is some hope. I, I do feel if we look at just even the pattern of how this team's gone, have a couple heartbreaking losses and and then uh, and you, like then pull to win like they they do really need um they, they, like they it, it is getting into must win territory now um so i i like at this point i think i think this is what i was realizing as i was watching yesterday is that like it needs to get to a spot where it doesn't actually matter the opponent um like you don't actually need to care about who you're playing like you just need to win yeah. um yeah. like this team just needs to get to a spot where it's like oh we're facing this team they've got like we're facing the Ravens, they got Lamar Jackson, they're facing Arizona, they got Kyler Like, like no, this team just they have the ability, like, they have not. Um, they've had a chance to beat every single team they've played so far. Um, yeah, it's right. quite quite clear. So, like, at the end of the day, like, just you don't care about the opponent, like, just just win. Um, and they do seem to play up to the competition. Um, but man, it would just be. I was just sitting there watching this, I was like. What I would give to just watch a fourth quarter drive where you're up by a few scores and you just give Cook the ball and just let, let him do his thing. But it just, yeah. like, it has not been uh, a thing so far. Like, it just yeah. has not been something that's, that's been possible for this
1: team. You know, actually, I think is the turning point was at the end of the first half, Ravens have the ball with around two minutes left. Lamar Jackson throws that pick. Cameron Byam, who's only starting because Harrison Smith tested positive for COVID 19. Has that sensational interception? It fully lays out, and then you know it has a bit of a return, and the Vikings have the ball. I don't know around the 20th yard line or something like that, and it's it's 14 to three, and there's like a minute and 30 some left, and I'm saying to myself and I'm saying to my family who with me like, okay, the mandate is clear, you need to drain the clock, score a touchdown, Ravens can't touch the ball again. And we, we need to touch. So we go into the half, 21 to three. We begin the second half with a football. Let's friggin' do it, right? Like that, that will be, you know, that that will be a win. Like, or you're very close to a win kind of thing. Instead, they end up draining like 17 seconds or 20 seconds, something like that, and kicking a field goal. And then the Ravens march down the field and score a touchdown. So instead of 21 to three, you had 17-10. And now you have a completely, completely different game. And I understand that kang Nguyen Began with that opening long kickoff, so you're, you're right down to 24-10, but that would have been 28-3, to three, right? Like, and, and and now you're cruising, right? And 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 now, now Baltimore, their identity is run first, but now they can't be run first. Like, it, when you're up 28-3, to three, you change a team's identity. They can't do what they want to do. They have to pass. They have to be desperate. Um, so that, to me, was the, you know, was the was the the, the turning point. Um, just brutal. So we obviously with the Chargers, we're supposed to start with the Chargers. But obviously with the Chargers, we can't have you know those kind of critical mistakes at critical times, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you, you can't. Like they just they again, they need to figure out a way to to finish these games off. And and it would be great exactly. <laughs> um, for it to be more than one score, but it really doesn't matter. Wins wins a win at this point. Um make it happen. I I do think that. Like for for all the injuries yesterday, I actually felt relatively impressed with with the defense, and I think that like I, I would just love for this team to be to adopt this scrappy mentality of next man up, um, make it happen. I felt like dance; there played well yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like if if you have some of these guys that just continue to take a step and and move into uh, more roles, like yeah, I just they're, they they they're losing guys, but they're still, still feels like
1: they've got a team that's good enough to win. Yeah. So we'll see if they can, I agree. Like the the talent is there. So we'll see if they can actually figure it out at this point.
0: Yeah. And, and last thing, which kind of relates to uh, this game, but also looking ahead, like I was watching and just was saw, um, I like, I I remember thinking like, man, this team does nothing creative. Um, They had the, what was the play where they handed it off to
1: cook at the end of the half? Um, that uh... that was idiotic. That was a, they tried, you know, they make it look like they're in, it's called, you know, victory formation, but they're just looking like they're going to spike the ball or take a knee or not spike the ball, but take a knee rather. Yep. And um, instead he kind of hands it off to cook. And that's just, right. I get it. Maybe you catch them sleeping. Maybe cook picks up 45 yards and you kick a field goal but that just felt he didn't get any yards he was stopped in the of scrimmage it was stupid no, no. It was stupid
0: i but but i okay so it was stupid but i also loved that this team did something creative and then they had the fake punt which i was like sitting there. i was like the fake the this, fake on the punt was beautiful and and those are the things that you need like you need to try it right like if they'd got stopped on the fake punt you'd have been like that was idiotic but like they didn't so they it was a great play um and then the return yeah. the return on the at the like to start the third quarter i was just like man like this is those are the kind of plays that this team needs um, totally yeah totally and so like it is just to even make those special teams a little bit more like the team needs to think a little bit more about the possibility like oh, like um like he, that was an amazing return like,
1: he is fast um <laughs> he ran a 4 9 yeah. Right? Like, if you run a four four forty, like that's it's fast. It's fast. A four two nine is it's it's almost unheard of. When, once you get dipped down below four three four threes, insane. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the four twos, it's just it's like you're like a superhuman. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's un- unbelievably fast. Yeah. yeah. So good glimpses yesterday, but but
0: uh yeah, need, needs to show up against the Chargers because. It's, yep. This is certainly a, a very good team. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, we can wrap up there for our Vikings portion. Just briefly talking about the Wild. I, I think that I was talking to Cal before we got on. Definitely a contrast uh, between teams here. You've got the Minnesota Wild. There, there was a game against uh, Pittsburgh this week where they were down by 4 um, 2 going into the end of the third here. Three minutes left. Pull a goalie. They score to make it 4 3. And then they're buzzing around the net and they score with with one point one seconds left uh, on, on the clock against this Pittsburgh team to tie it up. Overtime goes. They Talbot makes a couple amazing saves and then they go into the shootout and win. Um, this team, I believe, is eight and three uh, as the of time of recording. If I if I have that right, and uh, this team just keeps finding a way to win. And I think that if the Vikings can take some uh, inspiration from from their uh, from this from this team i think that just to watch this how one this team wins games that they maybe shouldn't have and two how they come together as a team and if you look at their roster and, and you look at all the players that compose of this team mm-hmm. it is certainly not um there's certainly rosters that are better but they've bought into a system they're playing together they're making it happen guys are elevating into roles and and taking on more responsibility maybe than they should um, or, or could if a team was, was built with more star power. Um, and uh, it's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch a team like that. So um, inspiration for the Vikings.
1: I I don't have anything to add other than it is more fun to watch the wild at this point. Yep. So that, that's my expert opinion.
0: Yeah. I, I was going to briefly mention Eichel, but I don't, feel like there's really, like, I know the Minnesota Wild were in on it. Um, I was trying to think of a comparable for the Wild, and it's just, it's hard. Like, I don't think they they don't have an Alex Tuck type. They used to have an Alex Tuck, is he was on the team, um, and taken uh, or was part of uh, the whole Vegas expansion piece, but um, gave up a lot. I just I do think that this team, they, they're going to be patient. They've got some guys coming up that, that are going to be very good. They've got some cap issues to to figure out over the next couple of years but um stayed the course this team you never know when you get to the playoffs so keep on keeping on yeah right man we can wrap up there kyle any last words anything about where people can find your your stuff your writing
1: no just um well yeah uh, <laughs> uh yeah I, I do have those uh you can have a proper btsd and vitaminsgazette.com. And then, um, you know, keep swinging by here and do your best to uh, not get too discouraged by these by these Vikings of ours. Yeah. I, I
0: was wondering if that was a retirement for you and the writing. Yeah. I'm just no, I'm exactly. not, not writing anymore. I'm done. It's, yeah, I'm just wrapping it up. This team is, is, has caused too much heartbreak. Exactly. No, no, you, you're uh, nothing but loyal. It's, you're, you're not going anywhere. It's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right, well, we'll be back uh next week to break down Chargers and uh yeah, let's 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 this team move to 4 and 5 here. Uh we could we're due for a win. Absolutely. Yeah. Take care everyone.